This is Laura looking for love. I've only done this once before when I was really sick, but I had to skip last week because of an event. So I hope there is still a desire for the topic this week, which is identity. The reason for this topic was because I told a true story for the moth a few weeks ago, and the theme for the event was identity crisis. So I was deeply in this identity state of awareness as I told my own story and heard the stories of others. So I thought I would speak to some of the things that came up for me since. So first, I will speak to my experience at the event. So this event was really big. It was a sold-out crowd of about 650 people at a theater in Los Angeles. I saw a few celebrities even getting into line and waiting for the doors to open. And the more I realized the magnitude of the event, the more freaked out I got. During soundcheck, I completely forgot my story. I was the only one who forgot during soundcheck, by the way, and I thought for sure I would bomb. The other storytellers were all so great, so supportive. I was a newbie after all. I had only been to one story slam. I happened to get chosen, and I won. And so literally, this was my second time telling a story in a public space of this magnitude in the real world, outside of this safe podcast that I created. But this time, the crowd had quadrupled. And because all the other storytellers had been telling their stories publicly for a while, there was this collective calm. Back in the green room, they had pizza and wine and beer for us, and I was having none of it. I only ate a piece of toast all day, because who can eat when you are about to step on stage in front of hundreds of people? But they were all eating as if it were any other day. I was truly impressed. So I was randomly chosen to go fifth out of ten. I was glad I wasn't first because my mind was a blank. I couldn't remember my story at all. I went to the back alley to practice, and one of my new friends, even though he had yet to tell his story, told me to practice with him. And during my practice, I kept forgetting what came next, as if I wasn't even there when those true events had been ingrained in my brain for years. Right before I was set to go on stage, I thought, I'm going to change my story. I'm going to tell one about failure and being an Asian American woman facing failure because this was about identity and that was exactly how I was feeling at the time. But I told some of my fellow storytellers and one woman, and there were only three of us by the way out of ten, and all women of color, where usually the predominant race is white and usually male, but she was the one who said, oh no, no no, don't do that. Don't change your story at the last minute. Stick to your story. Another one of my new friends, a tall white man, said, You know your story. I'm not sure when I decided to truly tell my story, but as I walked on stage with lights on me and a faint outline of the crowd, I lowered the mic and then I blurted out my fear at that time. As if to pre-apologize, I said, I think you guys are going to see an Asian girl fuck up. And it was for real. Before that night, my main concern was the time frame. I had a very dense story that I had crammed into less than six minutes. We have five minutes with a one-minute grace, and if I hit all my points, I would make it. But if I didn't, I would go over, and I didn't want to go over. By the time I got on stage, however, I didn't care if I went over or lost points. I just wanted to get through my story without blanking on stage. The crowd was probably the most warm crowd I've ever witnessed. They cheered and yelled out encouragement. And at that moment, I thought, there is nothing left I can do but just try to get through this. I took a deep breath, and by some miracle, I began to remember my story. And as I told it, with a calm tone I had never used in practice, I could hear a pin drop. The crowd was engaged, and because it was a serious topic, it seemed even quieter. 
There was this moment of comic relief in my story, and the crowd laughed louder than I thought they would, but I think they were wanting that respite from the intensity. And when I said my last line, I heard the crowd roar, probably just as excited as I was that I had gotten through it. But I particularly could hear the women. When my story was over, it was intermission, and I had two young 20-something-year-old girls sitting behind my seat, saying with such enthusiasm, that was amazing! And that made me feel really good, because even though it was my story, it was a story I wanted to tell for women. And when I left that night, I was full aware of the things that came up that I didn't even expect to come up. I thought I would feel more prepared, I thought I would be much less nervous, and I really did not think that I would be grappling with any fear of failure, not after how far I have come in my own journey as an Asian American woman, breaking from family and cultural expectations to choose a life of freedom and creativity. But it was there, in that moment. And it had me thinking that no matter how far we come, there will be moments in our life that remind us of how we were raised in our family and in our culture. And it's one thing that no one can ever say they know more about than us. A few days later, I had another revelation. I had read a book about an African-American entrepreneur who learned from his uncle valuable lessons that he wanted to share with the readers. And while in theory this book should have been super inspirational, it left me frustrated because what I read was the story he chose to tell rather than the story he truly felt. And there is a difference. So here is my final thought that I share with you. We all have two stories. The story we tell the world and the story that is deeply ours. When we are kids, that story is much more in alignment. But as we become aware of expectations and judgments and perceptions, those stories can sometimes move farther apart. And the goal, really, of our time here is to integrate those two stories to live and express our authentic selves. How nice would that be to have just one story? To have the experience of telling that story which is deeply ours without filters, without hashtags, without the need for validation. One story is our freedom. So have a great week, and I will definitely be back next Friday. No event scheduled. If you have a request for topics, please reach out either on social media or on my website. There is an email link there, and the address is thebonsaibabes.com.